Let's get a little bit deeper into what's playing out in terms of oil and the energy markets this morning with the news today. I have just the person to help us with that. Wayne Kaufman, the chief market analyst at Phoenix Financial Services, joins us. Wayne, it's good to have you with us this morning. I wanted to talk commodities here and a uh, timely conversation, I guess, considering the news just started off the show. We were talking about the White House expected to announce a massive uh, release of the SPRs, 1 million barrels per day for uh, months in total, some 180 million barrels. What are you hearing in terms of the details? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Great to see you. The, the, I think this whole episode, everything that's going on in energy markets around the world just highlights terrible governmental policies mm. or lack of, there's just no strategies and we're going from crisis to crisis and uh, I, I think there's really no plan. So there's so many contradictions for what's going on in the energy market today. So, you know, as you know, Strategic Reserve, they're gonna release X amount and the price of oil is down by a commensurate percentage based on the amount of oil we produce and and the demand for oil here. So that five and a half percent or so, that's just a pure mathematical number. But you know, longer term, the government is concerned about the price of gasoline, and they should be. So there's a, a movement to, uh, to to give people to, to cut taxes, to remove uh, taxes on oil, uh, on, on gasoline. So what is that going to do? That's going to increase demand. In the meantime, we're going to release reserves from the uh, strategic reserve. We're going to put out an enormous amount. And what is that going to do? Well, it's going to lower prices for oil. Well, that's good. Except we've seen over the last few years that our oil producers have had tremendous discipline in terms of what they've been doing. That conceivably will reduce supply because if you're uh, a producer, and now you're seeing lower mm -hmm. prices, are you going to race to increase supply? So it's a little bit contradictory. And at the same time, we're seeing demand is coming back, but supply is not increasing due to all these disruptions that we've been seeing uh, around the world. And the Biden administration, initially, they were reaching out to Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, maybe even trying to push an Iran deal so they can get more Iranian oil on the market, not reaching out to domestic producers. And it just it just creates a, a look of a helter-skelter type of strategy or no strategy. Uh, so it, it's, it's really an amazing, amazing situation. It's hard for everybody to get their heads really wrapped around it. Helter-skelter strategy and in many ways kind of not much in terms of a reaction to, we oftentimes see the market react, but it's now, it's oftentimes short term, I guess, uh, uh, easing of some of the price pressures is my point. Now, I think you bring up a good point in terms of it does seem like they're hopping from crisis to crisis, but uh, uh, kind of in their defense, I mean, nobody could have predicted COVID, nobody could have predicted the uh, Russian attack on Ukraine. So these are circumstantial events that they've had to just sort of deal with on a daily basis. But I, I think you're right, and we talked about how cutting the taxes actually does increase demand and potentially ultimately prices the pump. We've seen many studies point to uh, demand coming back is the question I, I had at this point, because 
well, before we get into demand coming back, now they think of it in, in terms of China and some of the disappointing numbers we talked about at the top of the show as well and uh, potential for slowing there demand-wise. But I guess the question now being is, as far as it's not just the U.S., but the IEA also uh, announcing or expecting to announce this kind of concerted effort. I, I guess I wonder, this time around, would it be a little bit more effective and possibly longer-lasting if it's a more kind of uh, a little bit more conformity to uh, it just not being the U.S., simply put? Sure. If you've got an enormous amount of parties acting in concert, that will have a short-term effect. Longer term, um, you know, you say in their defense, uh, nobody could have forecast Ukraine, nobody could have forecast COVID. The problem is we never know what the next issue is going to be. The key point is, have their policies left us vulnerable mm -hmm. for when these issues pop up. And that's what we're seeing over in Europe. The European governments have been terrible on this also. Look how they left themselves vulnerable to Vladimir Putin. That's the point. Yeah, we can no never idea. see, we can never see what these events are going to be, but we can see if we're leaving ourselves vulnerable. And the movement here in the United States against any and all types of carbon assets. Um, we know that some people, a lot of these politicians, they have utopian points of view. They think, okay, carbon is a pollutant. Uh, it's bad for the environment. Let's get rid of it now. Let's just immediately go to alternative sources. But they never really look at the numbers. The numbers don't add up. And they've never come up with a plan for getting from point A to point B. That's really what I was saying. You're right. No, no, we I couldn't afford I think you bring up a good point there, and uh, uh, Wayne, I completely agree with you in terms of that. I mean, I was shocked throughout the pandemic that the CDC and some of these organizations didn't have some sort of a mapped out plan under these circumstances that we would follow. It did seem like they were kind of coming up along the ways or every day with a, a new uh, type of roadmap throughout uh, the process. But okay, along those lines here now in terms of, I mean, one thing, uh, well, speaking to that point, I mean, uh, is the solution here, is it uh, more domestic energy production? Is the Biden administration kind of revisiting some of their approaches towards uh, 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 supporting some of those initiatives? I don't think they are. And I think that that is the solution. Okay. It was just a few years ago, we were energy independent. Yeah. Now, now we're not. And everybody knows famously that we have actually been buying oil from Russia. So uh, it's just to me, we want to be energy independent. We have to have a real plan. You know, Jamie Dimon said we need a, a Marshall plan uh, for energy. Uh, he's 100 percent right. I'm not sure the details of what mm -hmm. he's calling for, for, but we just do not seem to have an integrated plan for how do we supply the country with the energy that we need to keep growing while at the same time having an intelligent roadmap to transitioning away from the carbon assets. I just... I don't think, you know, if I if it's out there, so please somebody let me know because I've missed it. No, no, you bring up a great plan. I mean, some people would point to green energy, but that seems to be uh, years, if not decades away before we can have that reliance and that independence based on. But, you know, uh, your comments here are daunting in many ways when you consider, I mean, it was just yesterday we were hearing about potential for uh, natural gas rations in Europe. Well, you know, uh, again, over in Europe, they've, they've just done a terrible thing. And this is not new. Governments around the world have always 
been wrong when it comes to energy. You know, we talk a lot about coal, mm -hmm. uh, coal pr production and coal usage here for utilities to create energy. You know, a lot of the coal, a lot of the uh, electricity plants are coal fired. People don't know this, but the reason that so many of them use coal and now we've been going away from coal and going to natural gas, is that in the 1970s, our government decided that we were going to run out of natural gas, and they passed regulations that you couldn't build new electricity plants based on natural gas. You had to use it on coal. So look how wrong they got it then. I think the problem, to me, the whole problem, <laughs> this, is, this is a big statement, but you've got a failure of government all around the world. In, on so many issues, energy is just one of the issues of the failure of government around the world. I don't have the answers for it, but they're not acting like business people. They're, 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 they just go from election to election. They want to buy votes. We'll give money to people so that we get votes. And they're not really solving mm. problems. And in fact, they end up creating more problems longer term. A fair amount of complacency, to say the least here. I would agree with you on that front here, you know. And a kind of reflection of, I was looking at gold, uh, seen its best quarter, I think the biggest gain since 2020, up 5%. Everybody was a little bit disappointed that it couldn't post a new all-time high up around that 2100 level. But a reflection of maybe investors' unease, some of these geopolitical tensions, and uh, basically what you were speaking to, again, the uh, mismanagement many in many ways of uh, uh, circumstances at hand. We're seeing that all over the commodities markets now, okay? Look what's happening, I know you know, corn, yeah. wheat, uh, soybeans, and now they're talking about um, uh, increasing the amount of soy oil that's gonna go into gasoline. So now you're having disruptions mm -hmm. in those markets where you're starting to have farmers say, okay, I'll plant a little less corn, now I'm gonna plant some soybeans. Mm -hmm. So the acreage is moving around. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, for the last three years or longer, but really since COVID started, we've had nothing but disruptions. People who who try and figure out what's going on in markets. I used to use the analogy of the python that swallowed an animal that was too big and it had to work its way through, and that was COVID. And then now we get Ukraine. We just go from disruption to disruption. It makes uh, trend forecasting almost impossible. And now you've got people forecasting uh, that the Fed needs to raise rates at really dramatic levels. They should have started back in January. I was calling for a 50 base uh, hike in January. Now it seems like all of a sudden they woke up and they may be waking up a little too soon. Because as you know, in commodities, they say the, the cure for high prices is higher prices. Well, people who looked at the uh, conference call for restoration hardware, yesterday, which was a, a, a big deal. It was deal. an eye-opener, yeah. It was a huge eye-opener. So now, are we starting to see demand slacken? And if you look at the charts of home builders, of Home Depot, of Lowe's, yeah. um, of the, the retail, uh, look at the RTH, uh, the other retail ETFs, um, saying, wow, is this forecasting something bad that's happening with the consumer? The restoration hardware uh, CEO, basically, he, he had some uh, very, very dramatic things to say about prices are going to go higher. Nobody really knows how high these prices can go. And that he was actually wondering if Janet, Janet Yellen and the Fed people 
actually even really talk to business people to find out what they're seeing. You know, we mentioned some of the disappointing numbers out of China. And just to point here, uh, as we say goodbye, it's not just here in the U.S. that we're seeing this. Uh, again, I mentioned the PMI numbers out of China. I'm looking here at the Hong Kong retail sales overnight, year over year, down 14, over 14 percent uh, prior reading up 4.1. So it does seem like uh, as a result of the circumstances that, uh, well, consumers have had to shift a bit from uh, uh, the last few months relative to what we'd seen into uh, the end of last year. Wayne, appreciate you joining us here and uh, a very uh, candid me. look at what's playing out here recently. Wayne Kaufman, the chief market analyst at Phoenix Financial Services, joining us this morning.